Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shalom. Holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom. I sense Your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy angel of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom. I sense Your presence. I sense Your presence. And thank you for joining me here today on Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and I'm your hostess today. Music you were listening to there at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shimshai. And if you'd like to check out more of the music, because they've got a lot out there that's come a long way in the time I've known them. Uh, I, I remember meeting them when they were just literally playing at people's houses <laughs> for different little venues. And they travel the world all over, you know, just taking their music and their message with them. So you could check out more of their work if you'd like to on their website, which is www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And I greatly appreciate that they have authored me to use, uh, authorized me to use their music for the last three years on this show. And it has been three years since I've been doing the show amazingly. Um, actually, it started off as, as Activating Compassion, and it's now Code Connection. I would like to welcome back or welcome everybody that's listening in today because I know we've got a lot of new listeners out there today, given the topic that we're going to be delving into, as well as those that are returning to us and listening, uh, you know, wherever you are, whether it's here on Blog Talk, whether it's one of our three additional places that we're streaming live, which is Talk Stream Live. Finder and Pen, known as Parent Counters Network, or those that are catching our podcast through iTunes, TuneIn.com, and through uh, my YouTube channel. So lots of avenues there. During this show, what I do is look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life codes. And many times I will have guests on the show so that you can learn about their work and other things that may be an option for your code energy. Um, not quite as much as I did with Activating Compassion because I'm going to be working in a lot more of my own uh, shows through the, the Code Connection series here. And I will also highlight different musical artists along the way. Usually I will do that at the turning point of the year. So just a couple of weeks ago we had C.J. Monsack on um, playing the Pantheon Spiel uh, Halo, uh, which is a fascinating instrument, softer-like type instrument, just to give you an idea. Jim and Ashley Cash on earlier, uh, Woven Green uh, started off in the spring equinox. We've had Dragon's Head. We had um, 
Angelia Grace, who called in from Ireland. We had um, also Shashika Maruth on this year, who called in from India. So it's, we get some very interesting people here on this show. And that gives you a chance to experience a variety of different topics, the tools, resources, thoughts that are shared. And it's going to allow for personal exploration, universal insights, and expanding your perception of how life works. That's what I do here. In my own work, I interpret a person's life codes to allow them to live a life filled with compassion. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and uh, that's always on archived interviews where other people have interviewed me. And um, I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life Dreams, and its companion workbook, and also my first two, Activating Compassion, and that companion workbook. And there is a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine coming out, and I am a co-collaborator on that book with many, many wonderful people in, uh, in that works, a couple that I've had on previous shows as well. So uh, Michelle Mayer is uh, the, the person that has headed that up, and uh, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to start the release on that, by the way, in December. So watch, uh, not December, excuse me, November, the around the middle of November coming out. So watch for that to, to start to roll out here in the very new future. And then I also created the Compassion Tour, which has shifted and become the True North Tour. And that's a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, and fundraising events. And you can follow actually everything, my books, my products, what's happening, um, Look up the code work, uh, all kinds of things through my website, by the way, Jesse and Nichols George, the number one dot com. And I should mention, I'm just getting ready to hit the road, hit the road, and head on tour uh, on Tuesday. And I'm going to be heading over to the East Coast region. So if anybody's around that region, you'd like to connect with me, stop and say hi. I'm going to be um, starting off at the Enlightened Path Holistic Center. Um, visiting Lorraine there, just a wonderful little spot there. I'm going to be doing a workshop. I'll be taking private appointments there. That's going to be on October 8th. I'm going to then head right on over, and, and that's near the Philadelphia area, for anybody who's wondering. That's in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And then I'm going to head over near the Washington, D.C. area um, to one of the suburbs right in there. And I will be working with, actually, Jim and Ashley Cash of Woven Green and one of their other members there. And we'll be doing a soundscape meditation event, which is going to be really exciting. That's going to be held on Sunday, October 11th. And I'll also be taking private sessions um, through them. So you can look those things up as well on the website. And uh, I'll be taking private sessions Friday, Saturday, and possibly on Sunday that day. And then from there, I'm going to take off and I'll be heading up near the Boston area to Westford, Massachusetts, the Aquarius Sanctuary. And I have two events I'm doing up there, a satsang-style event, and I'm also going to be doing a healing event there. So, again, lots of options. I'll be taking private sessions there for five days, and uh, I'll, I'll be... Uh, Going around there, so again, you can check out the exact dates and everything and times for everything on my website. Just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, share it with other people because, you know, you never know whose life you're going to shift or change. And this is going to be one of those shows you're probably going to want to share because we're going to delve into some really interesting information on the show today looking at 
because of our presidential candidates here in the United States and what that's going to mean for us. So um, all they can do is they can use the same link that you use to get into this live show, and they can listen to it at their convenience. It will also go to a podcast in iTunes and TuneIn.com under the Main Street Universe area. And then also we will um, all have it up on my YouTube channel. I'm going to try to get this show up this weekend. I'm making a big push for that since I am hitting the road. Uh, it can sometimes take me as long as two weeks to get the show up, but like I said, I'm going to make a push to get it up this weekend if at all possible. So lots of options for people to catch the show. Now, those that have listened in before know that as I'm getting started or before I get started completely on everything, what I like to do is to delve into a little thought for the week, which is on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. Again, that's Josiane Nichols George and number1.com. And I post these messages on there um, as well as all the upcoming and archived shows and things like that that I've, I've got going on. So um, that way you can go back and reflect on it during the week, which is something I really like to do. I like to go back and reflect on messages and, and think about them a little bit more and work with them throughout the week. So this book, The 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul, is done by Yehuda Berg. He's a Kabbalah master, and I love his work because it's like mine. He likes to tackle the big, giant concepts and then bring them into everyday language and everyday life where they're, they're really applicable. So the message that we have this week is, um, or the name of God that we're working with this week, is called Banishing the Remnants of Evil. And, you know, I, I always find it interesting how everything ties in because <laughs> I think a lot of people have viewed politics as very evil <laughs> in life. So maybe maybe we can just all call on this name a lot throughout the elections. Who knows? <laughs> and and the, that's the common name, banishing the remnants of evil. And his initial message on this is, if we feel our skin crawl, the hairs on the back of our neck stand on end, or an uneasiness as we enter a place. It's usually the result of negative forces in our midst. The name neutralizes those forces. And the insight that he gives on this is, when we move into a new home or a new place of business or negative, excuse me, when we move into a new home or a new place of business, any negative activity, by the previous occupant affects us. So this is something to really think about, right? Because every time we have all of our emotions flowing, we're, we're dropping energy into that place of residence. And the evil and negativity leave a residue. And these leftover dark impressions dramatically impact our lives when we're in their presence. We can even feel them at a table in a restaurant if the previous customers were extremely unpleasant people or even unhappy people for that matter. When everything is going wrong at home or work, evil residue is frequently the concealed culprit. Life is chaotic and frantic enough as it is. No one really needs additional fiendish powers derailing their day-to-day endeavors. Now this name purifies places and spaces where evil, wickedness, and spiritual darkness linger. And the meditation he goes on to give with this is, all negative forces are expelled from any places 
in which you dwell. The light of this name deactivates negative energy and cleanses your environment. And again, the common name here is banishing the remnants of evil. The formal name is Lamed Aleph Vav. Again, that's Lamed Aleph Vav. And again, you can read that for yourself. It's on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George, number1.com. Now, a little thought here before we go to break and delve into today's topic because we got a lot of ground to cover <laughs> today. A lot of interesting information that we're going to cover during the show because it's going to give you a, a good insight on what my coding work is all about or some of the things that I, I find out when I do code. So here's a little thought before we before we get into everything big time here today. How do election influence you personally? And what difference does it make who is in office? What happens when a new world leader is elected? Now, I am not here to debate the aspect that whether our vote makes a difference or not. We know here in America, elections are more about entertainment, competition, and the illusion of power. On one hand, it makes a difference when we vote, and on another, it doesn't. However, what I'm really focusing on here is how we are affected on a more personal, social, and global level every time an election or new world leader is put into office. Now, I'm not a political person, and I don't care to be. However, I am a person that cares about helping people and raising consciousness so that people can make wiser choices for themselves. One thing that I have learned as a code interpreter is that Everything and everyone has its own unique set of codes, which influences how our energy flows through us and in interaction with everything else. As a result, when we see a shift in post by a new world leader coming into office, then we will see shifts in how things flow for us as well as throughout the world. How your energy interacts with the person that is ruling your country will influence how things flow for you. And this is important to know so that you can make the necessary adjustments to keep your own life in a harmonious motion. Now, in some countries, leaders are there basically throughout their life. This is often seen with royalty types of leadership, such as in England. We also see this in aspects such as with the Pope, where once placed in position will often be there until death or near death. However, in a place like America, we have elections every four years, and don't keep someone in office for more than eight years. Now, America is probably one of the most frequent to shift, and therefore, we will not have the same dynamics throughout the world for more than, say, about an eight-year period. Think of this kind of like a recipe. You have 10 ingredients, and you use those same ingredients for four years. Basically, you get the same result with small exceptions due to weather conditions. Then after four years, you remove one of the ingredients and you put in a different ingredient. Now you have a new flavor or taste. As a result of the shift in ingredients, it may require more baking time or lower heat or be something that doesn't have to be cooked at all. When you serve this new dish to family and friends, some will like it and some won't. It may be received by your body better or create turbulence as your body rejects it. 
this same principle is true with every person that we have in our life. The key is that we won't always have control over who is in our life or having an influence in our life, such as with our world leaders. However, it is important for us to understand who they really are, what they are really about, and how the choices they are likely to make will affect us. It is this aspect that lies at the foundation of all spiritual practices. This aspect is that you will not control everything else, but you can shift your own self and choices to adjust to the conditions. Kind of like adjusting your sails to the wind, if they might say. You may not be able to make the snow stop snowing, but you can put an extra blanket on the bed or wear a warmer jacket to make it more comfortable for you. How have you learned to shift with things that were out of your control? What difference has making adjustments helped you? And how has understanding about the people and things in your world allowed you to continue to make wise choices for yourself? Something to think about. The code for this week, ask us to pay attention for things are not always as they seem. Underneath the beautiful rock could be a dangerous snake. Pay attention to where things lie in extremes, such as people that seem too friendly or those that try to silence you in one way or another. These are likely to be where there is danger or people that don't have your best interest in mind. And this is likely to be a week of challenges and lessons. So the question becomes, will you turn this week into a week of opportunities, shifts and changes, transformation? Look deeper to understand what is really happening and realize that the people are simply a catalyst for something bigger. Those that want to silence you are feeling threatened by you or feeling insecure and are trying to exert control to feel more confident. Why not send them love from your heart, wishing that they find true and pure confidence? Mentally tell them you will not engage in battles with them. Send them love and thank them for the opportunity to act differently in your past and allowing you to work from the heart instead of reaction. Those that truly stand in their power have no need to exercise control. I'm going to be taking a short break here, and when we return, I'm going to have um, the codes for you. I'm going to share the codes for you of our presidential candidates and what that means for us. And the song that I've got for you during our break is called Waves. It's by Claire Hedin. And, uh, you know, Claire is a wonderful person. She was affected out there and uprooted a bit from those fires in Northern California. So if you like what you are listening to, go on over to our website, check out our work, maybe pick up a song while you're there, or a whole CD, who knows, <laughs> whatever works for you. Her website, by the way, is clairehedin.com, that's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com, and much gratitude to Claire for allowing me to use her music here on our show. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
You are listening to Code Connection, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedding called Waves, and we greatly appreciate Claire for allowing me to use her music here on the show. You can find out more about her work and check out more of her music at www.clairehedding.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And today... Boy, I haven't done my own show in a while, but I'm really loving this. I'm going to be delving more into my own shows. Um, For those that have been listening for a while, they know that uh, I've had a lot of guests on when I did the Activating Compassion series of the show. And now with Code Connection, I'm going to be delving more into my own shows where I'm taking different things and looking at the actual codes of them. Today, I'm looking at the codes for the United States candidates for presidency. And how will these different options interact interact with being president? How will these different people, how do their codes work in that office and over the next few years? And, And these are important things for us to know. I probably should throw one of those little disclaimer messages in there like this, the, 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 Information expressed on this show does not necessarily reflect the views of Main Street Universe, our producers, Blog Talk Radio, or any of their affiliates. There you go. There's my disclaimer. (laughs) Um, This show is not going to be about who is actually going to become president, although I think it's going to give us some good possibilities and indications. But it's more about what can we expect? Who are we getting into with this presidency? And, um, and what is the nature of what we can expect from their presidency uh, based on who might be uh, elected along the way here? And this is kind of interesting here because when I'm doing code interpretation, what I do oftentimes is I'll start with, say, a name. Um, sometimes I look at the birth date, sometimes not. But everything in this world has this energy vibration and how that interacts with everything else creates either a favorable or an unfavorable experience, a pleasant or an unpleasant experience, as we might say, based on who we are. So, you know, just like everything in the world, this explains why, you know, one person has the greatest things happening in the world from an experience, and from the very same experience, somebody else feels like they're having the worst things in the world happen uh, because their interactions, their way their codes are working with that experience are different. so, you know, in that sense, it's kind of there. Um, you know, when we start to get into this aspect of elections, so like I said, I'm not really a big political person, but I like to know what I'm getting into. <laughs> so, 
so that's the the key thing. When when our powers that be, and when I talk about the powers that be, or I refer to they or them or things like that, uh, you know, we're really looking at the big banking families that kind of hold the power in the world, so to say, our earthly world. Um, and when we say power, it's really a material power because it's certainly not a spiritual power. Um, they're the people that are out there doing the programming, harnessing the media. Um, you know, it can involve some of the Illuminati or other things like that as well uh, in there. And so it's important for us to know because the same way that I approach codes, or I should say the same way that they look at who to put up for office, whether that is, you know, looking at it for the United States or another country. Um, they, like in other countries, for example, they know in royalty that, that there's going to be heirs to the throne. So they will select their names very carefully based on vibrational energies, based on patterns in the name. And what I do is I get and I read those patterns. So I'm using some very similar techniques as what they use, only I'm using them to bring consciousness into the world <laughs> instead of control the world. So there's kind of a little bit of a difference in that sense in how they're being used. And I look at a lot more than what they're looking at with things. Now, when they're looking at political candidates, you might wonder, how do they select these political candidates? Well, there's one thing that they're looking for is who do you react to the most, okay? We've reacted to Obama. We've reacted to Hillary Clinton. We've reacted to the Bushes. We've reacted to a lot of different people along the way. And who will you get the angriest over? And why do they want that to happen? Because the angrier you're getting, the more emotional you're getting, the more reactive you're getting, you have dropped into a space that allows you to be easily programmed. You are in a very influential space. You're in a space that's coming from fear. And when you're in fear, you're very easy to control. That's the way they see it. So the more they can get you all riled up, that's why we see a lot of these um, you know, things coming out that look racially based and things like that because they're looking to get a reaction. Uh, we, matter of fact, just earlier today, I was talking with some people about some of the shootings that are going on. We had a shooting here just a couple of days ago that's in one of the school systems. And there was a shooting, of course, big shooting in Oregon that people know about. And, you know, when we look at these things, actually, statistically, there are fewer of these incidents going on, but the media is more on top of covering these things because they want to trigger those fears and they know that's going to get a reaction. So ironically, there's not as much of it happening as there used to be, but there is more coverage of it. So we see more of it. We think there's more of it happening. These are kind of the things that they're looking for. So that's that's that reaction piece. Who do you react to the most? That's going to be one thing. Now, presentation. How do these people carry themselves? Can they carry themselves the right way? Can they provide the right appearance? Do they carry the right stance, the right hand gestures, uh, the right facial features in things? Um, how, do they, how do they respond under fire in a big, giant crowd? Um, do they give that family appearance? Do they give the all-American appearance in there. 
they also are going to be looking for family history and presidency, although I think this is something that's going to shift a little bit. Um, we've, we've had a lot going back and forth with the Clintons and the Bushes over the years. Uh, they've, they've held a lot of offices between their family history and things. Uh, they're also going to be looking at what is different from what is in the past. So what they see the public asking for. You know, we asked for a black president. We have a black president. Um, people are, are wanting a female president to come in. There's, there's rumbles about that. So they're looking for, okay, these are different pieces than what we've had in the past. And so the reason they're looking at those pieces is then they're realizing who are you going to be more receptive to accept into a presidential position, um, you know, who is going to be your change that you're going to want to see. So that's another big piece. And then the power that their name carries. Let's take Obama's name. Obama actually had his name changed. They shifted and changed it, and there's been all this controversy <laughs> over his birth records and, you know, what are the legitimate ones and where did he actually come from? But the bottom line came down to what they changed it for to bring him to where he has it now under his presidency was coded with some very powerful energy. It was coded with leadership energy. It was coded to come across as somebody that was wise or had overseen difficulties in their life or, you know, these types of things. They specifically coded it to play on our sympathy. Uh, so this is something that was placed into motion a long, long time ago. And then finally, they're also looking for uh, who can survive political slurs and attacks along the way, how they handle them, how they respond to them. Uh, you know, again, looking, looking at aggression and things. Uh, this is one thing that we saw also with Obama along the way that uh, he initially was not responding well when they first put him into office. And I think somebody did a lot of coaching <laughs> with him to get him where he was staying cooler and calmer in front of the cameras and uh, when he was in the public eye of things. Um, because, you know, they can't have somebody going totally haywire off. And they want a little bit of that going on. Um, just, again, for the drama and the reaction aspect. So that's some of the key pieces that they're looking for in their presidential candidates and part of why, you know, when the parties are looking to put somebody up, that's, that's what they're looking to place into the different political arenas. Um, now, of course, I come from the train of thought that they're all from the side, same side of the fence. <laughs> they're not truly two parties, but that's just my way of thinking. Um, that's, that's just part of what I've learned over the years. But uh, another thing we're going to look at here is we want to consider possible election strategies that are going on. So, for example, if the Democrats put up Hillary Clinton as the Democratic uh, candidate to, to be there, then inevitably the Republicans are going to have to put up Carly Fiorina. Why? because you're not going to have a male compete against a female, okay? Uh, you've, got, you've got two options that will happen, this woman against woman. Uh, 
it's you've got to have an equal ground, so to say, in there. So they'll put her up in order to compete. Or they could possibly choose to go heavy, heavy masculine as a strategy in order to put out that message that women need to be controlled and put in their place. And that would give, for example, Donald Trump an edge here because he comes across, of course, with that energy of, of downplaying women. And women have a place, which is to look pretty. It's not always in the corporate world, <laughs> as the apprentice might, you know, indicate on there. Now, if they were to put Hillary in, uh, that would give them an excuse for ceasing uh, the Clinton-Bush family legacies and presidential roles. And I say that because um, if they put her in, and we're going to look at some of this coding with her, um, they're going to prove, look, a woman can't be in there, or they're going to prove that, okay, this is a done deal. We're, we're finishing this pattern of things. Uh, we certainly also have some concern with Jeb Bush going in. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of an aspect of being obligated due to family legacy, but is he just going to be another repeat of the last Bush? You know, that's, that's a question there as well. I think, you know, there's an aspect that the people are fed up with the Clinton Bush, and that's certainly going to play into their decisions of who they put up because people are tired of seeing those two families. They want something different in there. People are tired of this continual um, political legacy, if you want to say that, um, in there. So uh, I would say, too, given everything, we're not quite ready for third-party candidates. Even though there's some strong third-party stuff coming up, overall, people aren't ready for it. And there's nobody strong enough with enough legacy to take that on because they do look at what's their political background. You know, why do they want a political background? Because they want to know how they've been able to be played along the way. Um, for those that are just tuning into the show, by the way, my name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George. You're listening to Code Connection, and we are looking at the United States presidential candidates, what their coding is, and how that affects us here in the U.S. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting when we look at some of the different dynamics here because when I started to delve into the coding, uh, I found some interesting patterns, and, I, and that's what I look for in coding is different patterns uh, that are going on in people's names. Now, when we look at the Democratic Party, we have three key people that are in the running here, and that's Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton, Bernard Sanders, known as Bernie Sanders, and Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr., What's interesting to me is the Democrats all have older candidates that they're putting into office, okay? Hillary is 67 going into office, and we have um, Bernie, who is 75 going into office, and we have Biden, who's 72. And you look at those people, and one of the key things that they're looking for is to put a president in for eight years, do a full eight years, not just four years, and what is their potential of doing that? Well, this kind of is a built-in reason, <laughs> it's like building in an option for, for them not being able to necessarily finish their term. 
but, you know, having all these older candidates, something can always so-called happen to them. There can always be a medical reason to take them out of office or to have them not be able to finish their term or these types of things. They can always be natural excuses, as we say, or causes for not completing a term. So if something's not working out, that's most likely what we would see there in that. Uh, looking at Hillary um, Clinton as a candidate. Now, as we start to, well, let me back up here for a second. When we look at the role of the United States president, and it's very interesting, when we look at the coding that goes with that, we have influence of energy that relates to experiences, which tells us that really in this office, it takes somebody who's had life experiences. It takes people that have had political experiences to be in there. And it takes somebody who's going to be able to uh, have the, the, the ability to observe in things. Uh, their successes will come through previous strifes, trials, tribulations that they've had in life uh, in there. So it's almost like an honor earned is the way that this position, this position is presented a lot of times. Um, there, this position is also carrying the coding of what we call judgment. Who is going to bring down the authority? Uh, this comes from, ironically, a sense of duty and purpose and not a call to action. So this tells us right off in the coding of United States presidents, even in the United States alone, okay, that this is your duty, okay? We are telling you you're going to run. We are telling you you're going to be here, no matter who it is, okay? It's a call to action. And this comes up through different things. You know, we look at people who have come up, a lot of presidents have come up through different things like Masonic lines or other things like this. Um, we've heard a lot about those different things. And, you know, they, they come up through these things. Well, it's their duty to be there, to represent uh, where they've come from. So it's an awakening. It's a judgment. It's a call to action is what we're seeing. So this isn't, um, you know, this is a bigger game, so to say. It's kind of like, Obama, we picked you <laughs> to go into office, and we picked you way back when you were much younger, and we've been grooming you all along to do this type of thing, okay? Um, and that's been the case really with every, every president. And then when we also get into the coding of the United States president, we find another aspect in there. And if you hear pages flipping, it's because I'm, I'm checking some notes that I have because I couldn't possibly maintain everything in my head for everybody. But the person that is in this role also has to be able to create friendships. They have to be good for all types of partnerships and relationships because it is those partnerships and those relationships that are needed to build a favorable future. Now, are we talking a favorable future for you and I? Most, mostly we're talking who those big banking families are going to create a favorable future from, okay? It's their favorable future. They're not as concerned about us 
as they are about themselves. So, you know, when we bring this energy all together, this experience energy, serving from duty and purpose, and um, somebody who can build friendship and, and work from that angle, when we bring those pieces together, what we see is success. We see esteem. We see honor. We see plans that are able to be carried through. Okay? So... This is a big thing, and um, and and they've coded this energy this way. They they brought this term in specifically to bring themselves good fortune, to bring themselves success and power. There's a lot behind the title. <laughs> There's a lot behind the title there. So anybody that they put into office has to be able to fit into those components and work harmoniously with those components in there. Now, um, one thing, too, that I found very interesting when I was looking at the presidents is normally we'll find a lot of presidents who have been under the signs of Leo, as our current president is, and we see a lot under the sign of cancer um, in there. And, And part of this goes back to that charisma factor, right? Um, we almost always will have a Leo. If there is a Leo up for office, we will almost always have them up for office. But why is there not a Leo up for office this time around? Why is it shifting? We're having most of the candidates under the sign of Virgo. And under the sign of Virgo, what we find in there is that the Virgo also feeds the success energy. It also feeds the same and runs under similar or same coding pattern as United States president. How interesting is that when you look at it? Okay. And the other aspect is, is because if they choose not to go with uh, the factor of an actual female president this time around, then they are still drawing on the so-called feminine energy, or some might say the goddess mother energy, through the sign of Virgo. Plus, the way the the sign of Virgo rolls over the next eight years brings in a certain amount of fortuitous power energy for them. Now, also, when we look at the sign of Virgo interacting with the codes of United States presidents, another thing that we see in here is tribulation, treachery, uncertainty unreliability, grief, and deception. Why would they bring a piece like that in? Because that's the piece that's going to be like disruption. That's the piece that they use to disrupt us, to create grief for our lives, to deceive us. And so through deception, they're looking for their own success. And here. Um, So Virgo becomes the powerful sign right now for them to do that. So I would say most likely we're going to have a Virgo uh, in-depth in office. Now, it's not definite, but if we look at the counts here, <laughs> we've, got, we've got two that are running that are Scorpios. We've got three that are running that are Virgos. We've got one that is running that's a Gemini. And we've got one that's running that's an Aquarius. And, and of course, Gemini actually codes the same way that Virgo does. So that's another aspect in there. But... Um, when we look at the aspects of Scorpios, 
we bring in a whole nother energy, which uh, Scorpio's aligning in there right now bring in the energy of assassination, which is why we rarely will ever see a Scorpio in office. Interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Why we will rarely see that. Now, Aquarius brings in another energy, and and assassination is not necessarily favorable, by the way. Um, You know, let's look at it. We have not had a lot of actual assassination. Now, the reason that we probably wouldn't put an Aquarius into office, for example, would be because Aquarius poor finances. It brings a, a breaking down of finances, which they don't want to have. They don't want to lose money <laughs> to, to who they put into office. So, you know, that's an unlikely candidate in my book for them to put up. Now, when we look at the energy of Hillary, and we'll start with the Democrats and we'll move to the Republicans. When we look at Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton, she was born Hillary Diane Rodham. She should have kept that name. (laughs) She should have not taken on the Clinton name. I'll tell you that right now. Because she was coded in a very interesting way. Her, um, Her name has kind of this double whammy of energy that is all about accidents, strange fatalities, strange incidents happening, um, unexplainable defeat going on. So right there, that plays in, right? Somebody who's been through a lot of defeat has a lot of lessons that they've learned along the way, a lot of experiences, trials, tribulations that they've had to come over. All through her life, she's dealt with a lot of loss um, on many levels. And she is not coded. When we look at this aspect, why would you put somebody in politics that has this strange fatality energy? I'll tell you why. Because they make a great scapegoat. They make a wonderful, wonderful scapegoat. Okay? Um, she has been involved in, in various things, of course, as we know, with Benghazi and, uh, and other, other aspects of things, where she took the fall in things. I'm not going to get into whether she actually did something or not. I think all of their hands are dirty to a certain extent. And it's almost inevitable if you're a politician, right? Um, of course, we've all done things that weren't totally ethical at one point or another. That's just my opinion, okay? But with Hillary, when she had her last name uh, that she was born under, just simply Rodham, uh, she did at least have that energy that brought in an aspect of receiving a lot of success and help from superiors. So she's still going to have that, and she still does. Her, Her success, though, is dependent upon other people. So they do kind of like that piece with her that they've got a lot of control over her. One, she makes a good scapegoat, and two, they've got a lot of control over her. And she's got the Clinton heritage, so she's a strong female candidate. There's been a lot of asking for a female candidate going on. So in a lot of ways, she fits the ticket of things. Um, As a Scorpio energy, she is very 
strong-minded person in there, okay? But when she took on, um, you know, and she was, she had a lot of path of success. Her just birth energy coming along together actually indicates a lot of success, a lot of steam, a lot of moving into honor. But when she took on the Clinton name, and here's the interesting thing, is the Clinton name is all about contradictions. It's all about possibilities being taken away. Well, didn't that happen? Here she was grooming up through all these politics, but then here comes along her husband, Bill Clinton, right? And he gets put into presidency, not her. And we might all say, oh, well, Hillary was running everything anyway, right? <laughs> but there's the contradiction. That's a contradiction even of itself. Even if she was running things while he was in office, basically, she still didn't get the title. She still didn't get it. She has this ironic thing, but as a Scorpio, it's hard to trust. But when she does trust, she trusts fully. When she lets people in, she's going to let people in fully. And that's a dangerous situation because other people constantly betray that trust. As soon as she became a Clinton, her trust was betrayed over and over and over again. And her energy coding by taking on the Clinton name is having to begin life over and over and over again. And we see this with Bill Clinton. He's constantly going through these cycles of having to go through things over and over again. Now, in that married name, she also has, when it comes together, as Hillary, Diane, Rodham, Clinton. It comes together and it shows uncertainties, treachery, deception, trials, tribulations. We're right back into that unexpected danger. Well, she was placed under all of that, unreliable friends, okay? This goes two ways, though. She can be the deceiver and she can be the one being deceived. And, of course, when we talk politics, it's probably both sides of the fence that you're running on. Now, when we look at how her birth name, and her birth energy codes to her current legal energy. In this, what we are finding in that capacity, it magnifies, it magnifies her legal name energy. So again, not only did she kind of wreck a lot of her successibility <laughs> and things by taking on this, this name of Clinton, it then got magnified over. And we see that with her. It's just been one bumpy ride after another, one scandal after another with her, one thing. Also coded in that is turbulence and upset and upheavals are hidden codes that are in her aspect. It's power that's misused. And this is a scary thing when I think about a president personally. Somebody who's going to get in there, and as a Scorpio, we all know Scorpios love the revenge. Somebody has burned them, and they get in a position where they can make a decision. They are going to probably look for that revenge in there. And that's, that's a scary thing to me. When we you know, look at this coding to United States President, again, it is a magnification of disaster for her. It would be 
again, I think she may be put up as as a possibility when we get down into the running of, you know, where we have two people on each side of the fence uh, up there. Um, I think they're going to keep her in the game because people want to see that female candidate in there, but there are so many patterns. When I look at her personal coding and I look at her going in to that eight-year term, the first four years of her term is going to be such a rough ride. It is going to be all this deception energy. It's going to be all the contradiction energy coming out. It's going to be, you know, this just really, really bump ride. It's going to be crashing up financial systems. And the financial crash is something that they, the powers that be, so to say, want to see happen, but they want to see it happen in the so-called right way and the right timing as they want it to happen, okay? Um, she is in a position that it would be such a rough four years, it could be difficult to get her elected a second four years in there. So, you know, might they do it? They might do it. Um, give her four years and then say, oh, poor Hillary, look, she's having these health issues. Oh, you know, this or that, she's having a breakdown. But the second four years for her, if she made it to a second term, would be probably a really strong run for her. So they would have that second four years to work to uh, look forward to. She would be standing more, so to say, in her power during the second term if she was elected to a second term. Now, my concern with her is that she does, when we look at her energy coded to the United States presidency, her energy is a Scorpio. This is only one piece of her energy but her energy is a Scorpio, and we combine that with the strange fatalities and accident, um, that spells out assassination. And it would be surprising to me if they put somebody in who would have that strong of an energy possibility of being assassinated. So she is definitely one on my list that would probably be assassinated if elected. She does not code well to U.S. presidency. She might do okay in some of the other positions she's been in, but when it comes to U.S. president, I would say there'd probably at least be an attempt on her life during that term. Um, it's a very risky thing when you're wanting somebody to go all the way through. So let's move on to Bernie Sanders, known as Bernard Sanders. Now, there's a little shaky piece with Bernard because his birth records are mixed as far as what year he was actually born. So we have to stop and look at Bernard and say, hmm, hey, Bernie, did somebody shift your records the same way that they shifted Obama's records? <laughs> to where we don't completely know. Is this a, a means of you having one type of coding and, and maybe you know, you're really a different type of coding? But uh, you know who who knows in there. But we do we do know with his energy, and if we look at Bernard's energy, uh, he carries the energy of wisdom. 
and he is a person that will command success. He will command honor. He will uh, elevate uh, in life. That is that is one of his things. So he does come from an aspect of wisdom, and he also comes by using the name Bernie, which they're very adamant about using instead of his formal name of Bernard. Um, and part of that is, hey, it's Bernie. I'm, it's like your friend, right, instead of the formal aspect of Bernard. Well, let's look at what Bernie's coding to. Guess what? Bernie codes to the judgment, call to action, duty and purpose, right? Right in there, which is a piece that they're looking to connect to the United States presidency, which we already decoded in the presidency there. Pretty interesting thing there, right? So then also Bernie carries that energy that is about receiving help. See, again, they always have those people that they know their success will only come from what they're given by those higher up. When we talk higher up, we're talking the people that are holding the money, okay, because those are the people that are really making the decisions in this process. So here again, similar to Hillary, we have this aspect of somebody who is controlled. They're only going to get their position by those from higher places. And he will receive help. That's why he's in this candidacy and, and put up in, in this position right now, okay? He's receiving help. They see him with the success energy. So we've got two big factors, a strong successful energy, a strong mind and a natural realm of success in his energy coding, okay? He carries a certain stature about him. He carries a certain authority aspect about him that makes him relatable for people. And, um, you know, personally, I don't think any of the, you know, the Democrats are not putting up the strongest choices, which makes me think that they're, they're prepping people to shift to a Republican Party, just because why would you put up weaker choices unless you were going to shift parties? And this is just part of the game, as, uh, you know, some of them would say. Now, when Bernie's energy comes together and we see um, – you know, his complete energy coding coming together. One of the things that we see with him is we see ruined by speculation and partnerships, getting bad advice, disaster by association with other people. So this tells me that even though Bernie's got this wisdom energy about him on his own, he constantly is taking in the advice of others. He does not make decisions on his own, okay? On one hand, that makes him a good candidate, right, because he'll listen to whatever somebody says. On another hand, he will get burned by those decisions. He will make bad decisions. And the fact that he does listen to people who steer him wrong, who manipulate him easily, he's easily manipulated, the fact that he does that is a very high risk for our money families, right? Because he's going to take bad advice, put them in an uncomfortable situation that they're not going to want to be in. So he's really a bit of a risk. As much as a lot of people might like him or as much as they're 
putting him out there to be a strong candidate, he's also a high risk for those disbanding families to be in office. When we look at his aspects of being connected to the presidency, the other thing that we see with him is we are seeing a material spiritual conflict pattern that comes up. So that tells me that if Bernard Sanders goes into office, we're going to have a lot of upheaval. We could have a revolution on our hands. We're looking at a lot of wars, you know, a lot of people going off to war, a lot of, again, treachery, deception energy, um, a lot of danger from the elements. So that tells me more active things happening with heart. It also tells me that a revolution energy in there is not going to be good. He's, he's going to be one that's going to send a lot of troops over to fight. He's going to put a lot of lives in danger. And a revolution energy, many families don't want that. There's a lot of things they want, <laughs> but they don't want a revolution on their hands because a revolution means they don't have control anymore. So I'm not thinking that he's actually a very likely candidate to make it. I don't think he's going to make it for the long haul um, in this position because of that. Uh, that's, a, that's a big thing. And the other thing that we see with his energy is he actually has a very strong start uh, for the first four years of his, uh, if he was to be elected. Um, very, very strong. He would have a lot of success he would put a lot of focus on purpose. Oh, look, it's not about the money. It's about purpose. It's about values. Um, and I think that he personally would become very conflicted, by the way, in this position. Uh, he would be questioning a lot of his own ethics and values and what's happening. And that would also make him a very high risk for our banking families, for the powers that be, so to say. And uh, he would come through very strong that way, and he would probably be one of those people that people go, oh, wow, look at all the difference he's making and um, things like that. He could definitely go the full two terms if he was elected. Um, he would be able to maintain control and power uh, throughout overall his presidency. However, he has, um, you know, again, his plan would be money would come in through wars, and of course, as we know, wars is one of the greatest stimulants of the economy, as history has shown in the past. That's one of the biggest ways that these banking families get their money, is through war. So in that sense, he's good for them on a financial level, okay? Um, so, you know, again, the revolution's a really high-risky thing, but at the very end of his term, what we see in his coding on that seventh, eighth year right in there, we see an assassination pattern show up. So we already have him at 75 years old, <laughs> right? So he's going to be 75, 76 when he gets into office in that range, right? And then by the time he completes his term, we're looking at more being in the 83, 84 range, and we see that high probability. So between revolution, assassination, 
I would be highly surprised if we actually even see him make it all the way through. He's more of, you know, he's just more of that person that's in there right now in things. Um, so, again, he makes a good, kind of a good showing for the time being. But, you know, really, it, it, like I said, the Democrats did not probably pull the strongest people that they could for, for candidates. So if we move on and we look at, we have then Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Okay. We know he's got that proven track record that they're looking for, right? We know he's got a little bit of political thing happening there. Um, when we look at Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., we've got a couple of things that are going to come up. First, here again, we've got all that treachery deception stuff, Okay. It's a natural area for him to be in. Yeah. He naturally is going to have danger surrounding him. That is just part of who he is. That's part of his coding. He brings turbulence. Wherever he is, there is turbulence and upheaval and upset. That's going on. That, you know, that's just part of what he brings. He doesn't always create it, but it always happens where he is. Okay. When we look at further aspects of his coding, and we, we go a little bit further into his coding, we again see this warning of bad advice, bad speculation, making poor decisions. Two out of three of your Democratic candidates make poor decisions, and the third one has strange fatalities around them. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. They're set up not to succeed right now. I could or not, that's what's there in their patterns. That's who they have put up deliberately to run. Okay? So, again, he's one of those people that, you know, he can't operate on the risk level that they need him to. It doesn't function that way. He's one of those people that's going to be like, oh, listen to the wrong person, and now I'm in a lot of trouble. That's not a good place to be in for him. Um, he does have a little bit of an aspect, though, that he has an energy that in his coding that is ironically about peace and love. So even though he has all this turbulence, his presentation is, I'm looking to bring peace and harmony and love, and I'm going to try to bring people together and see if we can get past these trials and these difficulties and this turbulence that keeps happening wherever I go. <laughs> he is a person that is coded with what we call immortality energy. And immortality energy is very powerful, and the powers that be love that immortality energy because no matter what disaster happens, no matter what goes on, he will get through it. And being that he, too, is a Scorpio, just as Hillary is a Scorpio, he's a Scorpio on the edge of, of Sagittarius. So he's always going to be flagging out there, look at the high ideals, look at the high ideals we're shooting for, okay? Um, you know, the good thing is, is he'll, he'll stick things out. He'll have that determination that runs in that Scorpio pattern that he has. Uh, in there, and he'll he'll keep coming back from everything. 
But again, because he is under the Scorpio energy, we've got an assassination energy pattern that's running. So that's subtle. So here he is, a person that takes bad advice, disaster by speculation, puts people in danger, <laughs> treachery, deception. It's kind of like, it's, you know, with him, we would see something like, well, they told me it was going to be safe to go in there. I didn't know they were setting a trap <laughs> type of thing. That's the type of thing that we would see with Biden. Oh, well, I, I thought that that was going to be safe because so-and-so told me it would be safe. Okay? Um, he just doesn't think things through all the way in, in, in aspects. And that is one of his downfalls. So here again, we have a high risk factor that's going on here. Now, if we look... Um, Things overall, ironically, he is the strongest candidate out of the Democratic um, Party that they have put up. And the reason he's the strongest Democrat, again, because he's got that immortality energy, but he's got a lot of power in his coding. He's very well supported. Uh, overall, he has low issues other than, you know, this things just seem to happen wherever he is. What should be simple becomes complicated. Um, uh, but his big downfall is that he, too, has this revolutionary energy in him and this revolutionary coding. And they don't want to do that. Um, but the revolution that would come in regards to him being in presidency would be due to a financial crash. Anybody who's been following the stock market knows that they're already setting us up for that financial crash. This is something they've been planning, I would say, long before Obama ever came into office. They've been planning this crash to shift the whole money system. Um, you know, and that's, that's part of their goal. That's part of allowing the so-called new world order money system to come into place, which gives government and the banking families, total control of our lives. And they will risk, they will possibly risk a revolution to get this. And that becomes the question. Will they risk it? Yes or no? Okay. Um, he carries that mental superiority and that's all about power and they love that. And he can talk his way through anything and he can get people to trust him. Okay. So uh, on one hand, they don't want to have a revolution. They've got the right person in place that can create that crash and make it happen the way they want it to happen. Then, you know, they'll do it. He's the kind of candidate that would say, but they told me they weren't going to crash the money system and, and put this in during my turn. <laughs> well, guess what? Surprise, they did. You know, that's the type of thing we would see from them. Uh, we would see a bit of a bumpy ride, I would say, in the first four years probably or the first uh, three years maybe of his presidency. Uh, he, he would start a little bit on the rough side. Um, well, I take that back. Actually, he'll start, he'll be, he'll be the up and down candidate. He'll kind of start in power 
then he'll have the big kind of financial crash aspect going on. Then he'll come back up in his power. Then we'll see him supported. So he'll be supported enough to make it to a second term of energy. And then uh, then he'll come in with a little more practical stuff. Then we'll see the deception coming out. And he could finish actually very strong. He could finish getting them the alliances that they need. That's, these are the things that make him a strong candidate is because his downs are not as heavy as his ups. But the problem is, is his down with the financial crash would be happening probably his second year in office, and that's probably earlier than they want this crash to happen. So it's a little too early. So pros and cons there, yeah, he could build the alliances. Yeah, he could see it through. Risk would be a revolution, crashing the financial system too early in things, and uh, and the possible risk of assassination. So some big factors there. You can see why I'm saying none of the Democratic candidates <laughs> are holding up as strongly. They're not coded as strongly as they should be uh, in things. So, so that's part of the factor um, in there. Now, when we start to move on to the Republican thing, and i got to kind of jump through this a little bit, we've got, because uh, I don't have a lot of time left on the show, <laughs> we've got Donald Trump who comes into office. And, you know, I look at him as a big red flag distraction in all of this aspect because he, again, would have a reasonably good first year. He would crash the financial system out too soon. You know, he's going to follow that same pattern as Biden. Strong second year, he'll build the alliances, he'll be supported to be reelected if he made it into office um, in there. But, you know, chances are he's not. You know, of course, he's already got his own, you know, he's the person that people love to hate. People get riled up a little bit with him, but at the same time, they don't take him totally seriously. So like I said, I think he's a he's a person that's a big red flag. They've got him in the forerunner right now because that makes things interesting. You know, it does. Um, when we look at Donald John Trump, we have somebody who is supported by people who are higher up, supported by the wealthy. He has been all of his life. He does also have the material spiritual conflict pattern in his coding. He has chosen the material path. It's all about money for him. He would sell anybody out in a heartbeat. He'd turn around in a heartbeat to get what he wants. We see that in everything that he does. And he's reinforced again with more people that support him. And people support him. Why? Because he's all about the money. And so are the big banking families. So they would love that about him. They love that he's all about the money factor in there. And he has an authority energy in him as well. He has the wisdom energy. He has the mind that allows him to be successful and to achieve victory. Now, it might happen after initiation and test, and he's certainly had his ups and downs in business, and that's the way they would write off the way his term goes. Oh, he would write it off and go, well, you know, that's business. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. <laughs> you know, we've seen him drop out of the race in the past. You know, previously he ran before uh, with things and then he dropped out. This is the Gemini energy. 
He's got that Gemini energy. One day he's one way, one day he's the next. That's an unpredictable energy for them that I don't think they're willing to take a risk on personally. That would not benefit the banking families in that sense. So here again, he would crash the system not too much. I think they're using him to entertain people while they focus on the people they really want to focus on. Now, um, you know, the, the serious candidate I think the Republicans have up right now is Benjamin Solomon Carson, Jr., okay, um, born Benjamin Solomon Carson. And when we look at his energy, his coding has got stuff all over the place with him. And I should say Dr. Benjamin Solomon Carson, Jr., because that's his formal legal name uh, in there. He is one of the younger candidates up for office. Um, uh, the Republicans definitely put up younger candidates, knowing that they would be able to physically handle uh, the terms going through. Um, all of the candidates on the Republican Party are in their 60s, uh, so, so that's an option there for them. Pros and cons in his energy. Um, he is a person that has what I call um, a strong, he, he's, got an, he's got an energy that, that relates to the average person. Um, he, the average person is going to find him more relatable, and that's a huge plus. Uh, for him. Uh, we're going to also see with him an energy pattern which I refer to as the mole. And the mole is the person who can go on and, you know, he's like a double agent. He can weave his way in and out of all kinds of circles and never get caught. Nobody suspects him of anything because they think he's much more clueless than he is. And he doesn't have that political background that some of the other candidates have. So in a sense, that's exactly what he would be. He would appear to be innocent, when in reality, he's not as innocent, perhaps, as he seems. He's got a very smart mind about him, and he's got a very strong knack for money and business, okay? Um, but there's always risk and danger around him as well with that. Uh, again, that's the role of the mole, right? Uh, the mole, uh, and I'm saying mole, M-O-L-E, uh, is they are able to get in and out, but they always risk getting caught as well in there. Uh, in addition to that, um, you know, he's got what we call a wheel of fortune pattern in his coding. And the wheel of fortune pattern shows that he can be extremely successful. He can ride through the, you know, he will rise to the greatest of heights most likely, um, he can also fall to the, the greatest steps <laughs> in this thing. It's an all-or-nothing right when it comes to him in this uh, and, and in his coding pattern. And as we look forward to in his coding pattern, we also see in more than one place that he is assured authority, command, power. Um, he's creative. He can carry out any idea or plans that he wants to, and he will bring in the rewards. This is what makes him a strong, strong candidate. Um, when we look at the banking families and the people that are really making the decisions of who's going to go into office, okay, he has the coding to take authority. He has the coding for power and being in a position of authority. 
it's embedded in him. Okay? He's got that ability to be creative and to do what it takes. And when you combine that with the mole energy, that's almost unstoppable. With mole energy, wheel of fortune energy, relatable to the average person in a lot of ways. Okay? And then you take and add on top of that, you add the energy of ancient wisdom, which means, again, he's not as innocent as he seems. You know, we, talk, we hear about these secret circles. Well, he's got the knowledge of some of that secret circle energy. He's been in those secret circles. So he's right in there operating from that wisdom mentality, okay? And again, huge amount of success coded in his energy. Victory. Victory, 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 all over the place with him. And he's a Virgo. Boy, doesn't that fit in, as I was mentioning earlier. Virgos carry the pattern they're looking for for success right now. Advancement. He can advance things for them. That's another thing. He can elevate their standing, their situation. He's got it coded all over him. He can create. He is the only one that truly has the coding to carry out plans in there. The only one. Now, there's a lot of people that say, we're not going to put two black presidents in. I disagree with that. I think very easily they would come back and say, well, let's let's try a black president under a different party. Okay? Now, ironically, a lot of his coding is actually very similar to Obama. Not Obama's birth energy coding, but Obama's given name coding. That's where our big warning sign is. Because he could go either way. He could be the strong leader. Or he could be another Obama under a Republican ticket. Pretty, Pretty big thing to think about. But when you look at this success coding, there's nobody else's coding that's matching with victory, success, authority, and command as his does. And when we look at how his coding comes together with the office of United States President, okay, we have in there reinforced success, victory, okay, It's all reinforced in there, carrying out the plan, fortunate for the future, okay? We we also have encoded in there very strong partnerships. He's great for partnerships. He's great for building relationships. This is what makes him the strongest choice for those banking families because the stronger the relationships he builds for them, the more power they get. Think about that. It could be the greatest thing or the worst thing that ever happens to this country. Hard to say. There's a lot of people that say, I don't like somebody who's that far on the right side because, boy, he's taken a strong stand in some issues that are not favorable with the common public. Right? 
He's got some pretty strong traditional Republican stance in his belief in there. But when we look at how his term would go, he's got a very powerful run in his term, very powerful. When we look at him, how he goes over the eight-year haul and things, I'm just going to pull up that note that I had on him for that. Okay. Um, his alliances, we have to be careful, though, like I said, because he adds power for the hidden agenda. And he will be very solid and very stable in his candidacy. He's, he's going to have that charm and he's going to have that charisma, and it's going to come in in a different way, not in the arrogant ego factor of the Leo energy like we've seen uh, with uh, Obama, but it comes through the Virgo energy. So he wants things in their place. He wants things organized. He's going to be um, very particular about things. But that coding uh, can also lead to um, that kind of micromanaging energy, you know, which is also another agenda that is desired to be put through. Micromanaging every tiny, minute piece of our life, which is why I say, he could be the best or the worst. He's got luck on his side. So, uh, you know, and he has no willpower of his own. Being the mole, on one hand, he's got a command and authority and all of this, but with the mole energy, he has no willpower on his own, so he's never perceived as a threat. Okay? Right now, he is the banking family's biggest asset. He's the most solid, the most stable candidate in a party that's there on their eyes. I'm not saying from my opinion that, you know, but I'm saying from their perspective. And he has learned from Obama's mistakes. So he's going to know exactly what he's not going to do. So he's going to, he's going to win people over in a lot of ways. He's going to win the trust of other world leaders, things like that. We can expect that. And he's going to allow people to accept a financial crash. <laughs> Believe it or not, he's going to make people accept it. Look, it's a good thing that we're doing this. It's a good thing everything's crashed out. Okay? He's going to be used to try to regain our trust. That's one of the greatest deceptions there are. Okay? He's going to convince people that it's in their best interest. This can be very, very dangerous, in my opinion. Okay? In a lot of ways, like I said, I think he's probably the most likely candidate to make it. He's the one that's got all the coding embedded there. But we also got to pay really close attention here because there's some really big risks here with him. Uh, going into office at the same time. Again, we see some very favorable coding that comes up the first couple of years in his office. He's got a lot that balances out that gives him pretty stable, favorable set of influences throughout. So his lows are never going to be as low as anybody else's. Um, you know, and, and the years that he's strong are going to be incredibly strong. He will finish strong. Um, he's going to make a lot of friends and, and not have the enemy, so they don't have to worry about revolutions and 
and assassinations and things like that. Just the way it is. Um, so there's our pros and cons with him. Moving on to Kara Carlton Fiorina, born Kara Carlton Sneed. Uh, she goes by Carly. And when we look at her, uh, she also has a lot of strong coding in her energy. She has a coding that is um, kind of what we, we call a wheel of fortune. Uh, well, not the wheel of fortune, but a lot of luck and a lot of success. So, you know, even if she hits bumps on the road, she's going to have successes along the way. It's going to be all about power with her. Um, she's going to draw on a lot of power. She's going to be creative in how she gets it. She operates with a lot of mental superiority in her coding, which means that she is going to be able to outwit a lot of other people along the way. Um, she has in her coding the ability to be extremely powerful, and they love that because making America a really powerful country is in their best interest. Okay? It, uh, she also is one that will be coming in having learned from her past, having overcome challenges. Again, that plays into our presidency coding in there. Uh, she is one that could make it the long haul. She is uh, the youngest candidate. Uh, so again, you know, this would be part of the strategy factor if they did end up putting Hillary up, they would put Carly up most likely right next to her uh, to have the female-female aspect. She's got a lot of strong energy there to work with. Um, she does have a little piece in there that um, she kind of lives in her own world <laughs> a bit. She's not completely present, and that's a little bit of a risk for them. But again, even when her, her birth coding comes together, it still shows her being in control, in power, being able to command. Her birth energy literally codes out as commanding um, people and nations. The thing she has to watch is she's great with her own opinions. She's great with her own thoughts. She's got the mental superiority, but she's wrecked by other people's stupidity. And that's the downfall is here again, uh, she can be smart and she might almost be too smart in some ways. And I say that because when you have somebody of strong mental superiority and you have somebody who can be all-powerful and who can command nations, and that's all in their coding, okay, that scares people. That scares a lot of people. When you've got somebody that smart, you know, they're afraid. That then kind of puts those big families and the powers that be into a little bit of fear of, Oh, she might know too much about us. She might leak something. She might let something out. And I don't know if we want to risk that. Again, she could be a, a good one up. If she did go up against Hillary, she would probably take it over Hillary because of all of her success coding in there, because of the power coding that she has in there uh, with that factor. Uh, so, she, she's got a lot of these energies. She's also got the immortality energy. Isn't it interesting? She is a Virgo as well, so she's got that piece going for her. 
we would see her in in the office of president. Um, let's see here. We would have a coding pattern running with her that would be, uh, yeah, again, a lot of rulership, a lot of authority, command, energy. So she would take authority. She would be in that power there, and she would be able to also carry out their plans. That's And she's another one that can carry out the plans well uh, with things, and that is an asset to them. She would also be one that would bring the financial crash in at about the right time because she would run fairly strong for the first couple of years. She would have a, her third, fourth year would be a little bit of a bumpy ride in there, but then she would come through it and she would most likely be reelected for a second term. And she would have a very good run for uh, the remainder four years if she was elected into a, a second term. So she's got a, long, strong, a lot of strong assets there. Uh, however, she does have a piece that makes her an assassination energy. So again, they put her in, that's another way to get her out. Uh, of things. I think they're just kind of, by putting the female candidates in there, I think they're really just prepping us for something in the future. I think that that's more of, let's put it out there, we'll get people used to the idea and, and we'll bring it back around. We could very easily see her running in the next election or eight years from now, the next couple of elections, uh, and she could very likely make it. That's, that's just a possibility. I think basically the timing could just be off because once she gets past, uh, you know, some of this, but again, she, she's a high, she, she brings in that risk of assassination to office. Uh, it would maybe not kill her because she's got the immortal energy, <laughs> but it would definitely be, you know, one of those attempts we would most likely see with her in there. Uh, so definitely some pros and cons there uh, that we see in there. And then we get to Jeb Bush. Oh, boy. <laughs> and i got to kind of get through this because I don't have a lot of time on the show. But when we look at Jeb Bush, he he really is, I don't know, he, he he's a person that he's got, uh, he was born John Ellis Bush. He has that material spiritual conflict energy pattern. Uh, in his deal, he is groomed for upheaval. For for uh, he's got the revolution energy, so he would definitely be. If they put him in, we would see a revolution. He is our Aquarius candidate in there, and um, you know he he might be presenting himself to try to create that balance in there. But here again, there would be a lot of treachery, a lot of deception from others going on, and here again, they're really considering. This is an opportunity for us to break Bush-Clinton, uh, you know, pattern of, of political offices and to kind of, you know, taper them down from the presidency position by not electing them. It's almost like he gets in by default or obligation to a certain extent. Uh, he, he has a lot of occult energy in his name, which shows that, of course, he's very deeply embedded um, in those hidden circles that we hear about. Uh, this is a black magic energy that we see in there. So that's also 
leaves us something to think about in there. Um, he can have a dramatic personality and he can have personal magnetism and the personal magnetism plays in his favor. He's good for being able to get favors from people. He can call in resources and that works to his favor. He's got hidden resources, hidden favors out there, uh, aspects. But he too has that strange fatality energy in him. He, he would be a scapegoat. If they put him in, it would strictly be to achieve bigger uh, uh, agendas in there uh, because he would be one that would take the fall. He would definitely take the fall in things, uh, which, which would not code out well. And, you know, again, we get in here, he lives in his own world, okay? He is a person that's not completely connected with the earth plane uh, in there. He, he, he lives in this little illusion bubble out there, and he can sit there with his fingers in his ears going, la, 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 I hear nothing. <laughs> okay? That's kind, of, that's kind of part of, that's just his coding, you know, not right or wrong. It's just, he, he, he's what we call the fool's paradise. He lives in this world that nothing's wrong and that everything's okay and there's no problems, and then all of a sudden some big dangerous situation comes up, and that's what wakes him up. And, and I don't think that that's a risk that they're going to take. I think he's just, like I said, in there by obligation that, okay, he's a bush, we have to let him run type of thing. Uh, because he really has no strong coding whatsoever for presidency. None. And when we look at the aspect of his coding to the position of presidency, what do we see? More revolution, upheaval, strife failure going on. He would be a disaster as a president. He has no coding to it whatsoever. Um, he would have a little piece of being able to come up and command nations, but command nations on his own well-being? No, not at all. It's not there in his coding. And he only gets places because of his Bush legacy, because of the family name, because that's it. It's only because of that. He has to be assisted. He, he does not have the capability to run things on his own whatsoever. He's not a decision maker. He's not the big decision maker. We would see in this term, if we look across, another thing that would make him an unlikely candidate in my book to be in that strong forerunner position is that we see financial crashes happening the first year he is in office if he was to be elected. That is way too soon. They do not want that crash to happen immediately. And that's the energy he would set in motion. So it would not be favorable for the powers that be on any level to put him into office. None. None at all. So when we come down to it, like I said, we've got a couple of options. We could see female against female. I think the two, by coding, looking at codes, personal codes, we're gonna we're gonna see probably coming down to Biden and Carson in the big running. Those are the two that are the strongest coding, and I think the backups to those are going to be Hillary Clinton and Carly Fiorina. So. 
those are the those are our most likely candidates. Like I said, Trump is a red flag operation, all entertainment. Bush can't make it. He can't hold his own in this arena. And when it comes down to coding, that coding is going to get active. The more they run, the more they uh, get out there and do their campaigning, the more they're aligning with that position energy, and the more we're going to see that strength come out. And I think that they've really tried to subdue Carson a lot to kind of try to keep his power not as evident because they don't want you to see how evident that is in there. Do I know absolutely who's going to be there in office? No, but if I take a look at the coding, I, you know, I think we're, we're looking at who I've said, and that's definitely what we can expect. We've got some highs and lows. We have highs and lows with everybody, right? But we've definitely got the highs and lows there. And, um, you know, so this is, this is a big thing for us to consider. Um, these crashes and these things like that. So we have to make wise choices. Whoever is in there, we have to stop and say, we people still have a power because their decisions are being based on how we respond, how we react to things, what we say we want, okay? What we're willing to do and what's most going to trigger us. We have to stay calm. We can't lay all of the cards on the table for them to read us in there. And we have to be prepared that if our lives are going to be micromanaged, you've got to find your own ways to find your piece of freedom along the way. You've got to get out there, in a sense, and start supporting some of those smaller family businesses out there, things like that. It's up to us to shift the tables depending on what we end up with in office. And we won't know until that election happens, until they make their final decision and things. And then we learn how to ride with that. And, and that's the key of anything in life, is learning how to ride with what we get. But that gives you a good overview of what we could be in store with and Codes are a fascinating thing. I love working with this. I'm going to be bringing a lot more things your way with the codes and and what's happening with that um, along the way. And I, I think that you're going to find other topics as I look at world events. And I'm going to look at some gemstone things too, like crystals and gemstones and things like that as well along the way. Um, so so stay tuned for those things because this is. This is great stuff. And if you'd like to work with me on coding, have me run your codes, um, find out about things, go over, check out my website. I've got a whole page devoted to code interpretation. You can learn a little more about it. I've got a video on there about it that you can watch and, uh, and certainly contact me about it if you want to. Um, next week on the show, I'm going to have Janet Pfeiffer on, and she's going to be talking about her work, The Secret Side of Anger. Um, what a great follow-up to this show, huh? <laughs> and she's going to share with us what anger is really about, how to handle anger within ourselves and from others. Also, again, go and check out my True North tour, which is going into effect the next two weeks. I'll be around Pottstown, Pennsylvania, near the Fairfax, Virginia area, Westford, Massachusetts area, and I'm going to be back here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, over Halloween weekend, 
all of those are events happening in October. Workshops happening. I can work also with people from a distance on things. So check all of those aspects out. Go on over to my website. You'll find the uh, video. I just posted the new monthly special, the October special. Deal is doing a, a healing grid with base code interpretation for $330. Um, that's a $58 savings, so it's a good savings on that work. You can check that out. Check it all out on my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George from number1.com. And um, don't forget, we've got, by the way, several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Um, Randy's been kind of off and on a little bit. He's had a lot going on. Susan Weed is just uh, has been finishing up her 13 Sacred Trees uh, series that she's been doing. Uh, she works with Earth and Natural Plants. She's on Tuesday nights. Uh, Wednesday nights, we oftentimes have our flagship show that's uh, been off and on with Daniel being on tour with the band. And Janice is going to be starting to do some things again here um, with uh, her own show. So that's going to be coming up, which will be great. And uh, Kevin Baird has been doing a show on Saturdays with New Companion. Uh, some of you might have remembered I interviewed Kevin at the end of July with that. So you can check out his work and what's going on with that as well. Hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols Georgian. Thanks so much for being here today, and thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, Stream Finder, and TalkStream Live, as well as those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of the show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And I'm going to leave you with that song by Shumshai called Yearning For. It's also known as Over and Over. And again, you can check out more of Shumshai's work through their website, www.shumshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again next week, right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And I'm going to cue this up in just a minute. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a great week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. We are in time with time, one with season of change inside. And we are in tune with the tune, caught in a balance of sun and moon. Oh, deep inside, the light within, shining.
Thank you. 